we want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. You know, Joseph probably wore a coat of many colors, right? Um, maybe orange and blue, maybe red and white, like the St. Louis Baseball Cardinals. That's my favorite team, but I'm trying to love the Broncos. Maybe it's orange and black, like the Bengals, or maybe it's, um, I, think I already covered the Cardinals. They're in LA now. Oh, no, the Rams. The Rams, maybe it's yellow and yellow and blue. I don't know. But he had many colors in his coat. But the other reason we're calling it colors is because our life is full of all kinds of colors. Whether you want it to be like that or not, whether you like it or not, life is full of color. Sometimes it's uh, blue. We're sad. Things aren't going well. And I want to remind you when it's blue that God is with you in the blue. He cries with you. That's kind of different. <laughs> right there. Come grab your communion. God weeps with you. You know, the Bible makes it a point that Jesus was sad about Lazarus, and it says Jesus cried. So if it's blue, it's that way. Maybe it's black. Maybe it's the loneliest pit you've ever been in. Maybe it's the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe it's the dark night of your soul. You're lonely. You're empty. You're messed up. You're sad. You're in a pit. And I want to tell you in those times that God wants to remind you that um, he's there and he's pushing you forward into new days, new, better, better days. Maybe uh, like a couple weeks ago, you see the silver lining in your stormy day, right? That's to remind you that there is, God desires for us to be prosperous and successful. That's where we're going to pick up Joseph's life. He just got sold into slavery. But somehow, when he became a slave to Potiphar's house, to Potiphar, this guy, the executioner, some people would have called him back in the day, the butcher, the uh, king, the head of the police depart, the police of the whole country, when he became his slave, he found favor with Potiphar. It wasn't easy, but God gave him favor. And sometimes in your uh, tough times, God will give you favor. And today, um, I want to call this, like I said, pink or red, because um, we are going to deal with Joseph's heart today. Would you bow your heads and uh, just pray again with me as we uh, include Jesus in everything that we're doing today. Lord, we are ready to, I wrote this down, see you lead us into greater freedom. We are ready to see you lead us into greater purpose. I believe that um, what we're going to see from Joseph's life today could help us to uh, be led into greater power in our walks with you. Help us be men and women of character. Would you just say that under your breath? Help me be a man or woman of character. Open everyone's hearts, all of our hearts and our ears today. I take away distractions so that we could hear your word and what you want to show us about living lives of integrity, living lives of purity. In Jesus' name. I believe this message is the most important thing that we hear in uh, our, I don't know, I, I could say that every week, but this is probably the greatest um, attack on young people, 
and on old people. Does that cover everyone? The area of, of sexual immorality, the area of, of, of temptation, the area of um, love and lust, we're gonna, I'm going to say very clearly, we must come to grips with the devastation. And you can point at someone else. I'm talking to you. Okay, here we go. I'm going to make some jokes today because I don't want anyone to feel uneasy. And it's not because I think it's a joke thing to joke, talk about, but sometimes you need to, re you need to relax. So I might make some jokes today. But um, we need to uh, come to grips with the devastation that private addictions, that secret pornography, and that related spirits of darkness can do to our families and to our personal integrity. Until we understand that it's real and that it's out there, uh, we will uh, just let it happen and let it devastate families, let it devastate lives, let it devastate marriages, let it, let it devastate, um, even churches are devastated with it. Um, I have three teenagers, um, one, I used to. One is right, was right up here today, she's around 17. I have a 20-ish, 21-ish boy named Riley. I have a 23-ish boy named Noah. You see, think I'm joking, but I'm really, I think it's 23 and 21, but I'm not sure. <laughs> and then I have a four, uh, eight-year-old. I call him four, but he's eight. And um, I do know what it's like to have teenagers, and I do know, and everyone would agree with me, this is the hardest time in the world in, in our, our lifetimes, in my lifetime, to be a teenager. This is the hardest time uh, to deal with um, the world because it's rough. Our kids um, find their worth and how many followers or how many likes they have on TikTok. Our kids are finding their, um, their identity by hearing what others say they should be. They don't even realize that God gave them a certain sexual identity. They don't know anymore. They're not sure. They're questioning. Um, it's ugly. It's a world uh, where pornography is accessible at, at any moment, at any given second, anywhere, everywhere. We would all agree that our kids have a tough time. Here's where we, for, here's what happens. We get um, blindsided by the enemy that it's adults' problems too. <laughs> it's the same problem with adults as with the kids. Oh, kids these days, they got all, but adults have the same problem. The adults have the same uh, temptations. And if we don't realize this, the enemy can keep uh, things a secret and they can, he can make it, oh, it's not a big deal and we will never deal with them, and he can continue to hold us in bondage. I don't believe that the devil is behind everything. I don't believe the devil is all-powerful. He's certainly not, um, but he, uh, he, he, he's, he's pretty bad, and he's got a lot of demonic spirits that you would say I'm kind of weird to say, but it's true. There's spirits everywhere, <laughs> and they're after us, but then there's something that's probably worse is that you and me, it's our flesh, our flesh gets us into a lot of a trouble because I want what I want, right? Joseph's life is a study of character. That's why we're looking at it because we want to be people of character, people of integrity. Someone told me a long time ago, what is, what is integrity? Integrity is 
when nobody is looking who you are. When you think nobody else sees, what, who, who are you? What are you doing? What are you looking at? What are you acting like? That's integrity. Of course, God sees us all the time, but we don't like to believe that. He sees everything that we do. A simp, um, Joseph had integrity when no one else was watching. I don't, I don't, I don't um, know anyone in the Bible that's a better example of it. We're going to look at it right now, okay? It's going to be on the screen. If you have a Bible, you want to look on your Bible at a different translation, we're looking at the New King James, Genesis chapter 39, all right? And I promise to, uh, to uh, keep your attention today. If you keep listening, there are notes. There is a note section on, on your bulletin. You might want to write down these three, four, five, six things that you hear today that um, you, they might be helpful to you. It says, thus Joseph left all he had in Joseph, uh, thus he left all he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he gave, which is ba basically just saying the, the Potiphar uh, didn't even know what was in his house anymore because he left Joseph in charge of it. You just deal with it for me, okay? As we already learned, Joseph was sold as a slave, and uh, God pushed him into prosperous success as a slave. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Already, I am just completely uh, relating with Joseph, are you? Okay. Uh, just kidding. And it came to pass. Now, everyone's going to have a came to pass in your life. And it came to pass. No matter whether you want it to or not, it comes to pass. After these things, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Lie with me, Joseph. All right. I don't know if she meant lie with me. Like, lie. Let's lie. She could have been meaning lie because when we lie, when, when sexual things are involved, it involves lying. And I believe our kids will, um, as soon as they get involved in anything that way, that lying, uh, because automatically you already have to lie. You have to tell a fib. You have to say, like, I, w I would have never said this to my parents. Um, we went on the youth event. How was it? It was great. Where'd you sit in the back of the van? Did you do, were you a good boy? Yes, I was. I was already lying. I was sitting in the back of the van with some girl and I was kissing her. I was. That's what I was doing as a teenager. And I already started lying to my parents because we don't want people to see the sexual secrets that we have. Ah, I just said that word in the church. I know. All right. But that's not my point. My first point is simply this. Recognize the timing of sin. Recognize the timing of sin. Joseph had been put in charge of a lot of things. Joseph was successful. Joseph had a financial uh, stability at this point because he's in he's in this fancy guy's house he's living there he, the, the the guy trusts him he had power joseph had influence everything was going his way he even had good looks it says it it says he was handsome all right but don't think that temptation don't think that temptation will say oh things are going good for you well then i won't tip i won't come your way in fact, usually you will be tempted more often when things are going good than when they're going bad. When they're going bad, yes, you will be tempted. Be careful of the timing of sin. 
But when things are going good, oh yeah, you see my job, you should see my paycheck, you should see my wife, you should see my family, you should see my church, you should see my car, it's so cool. Recognize that sin is no respecter of what you got. Recognize the timing of sin. Personally, I've never said, okay, everyone, I'm getting ready to sin, okay? So I'm getting ready to. Why? Because we don't say that because temptation comes unexpected. Where did that come from? Jesus is a great example. Jesus was in the desert. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was hot. And the devil kept tempting him that one thing after another after another. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an accident that the devil came when he is hungry and tired and thirsty and hot. And then... The devil could not get Jesus to sin. And it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 13, I might have the scripture there. It says, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he said, ah, who is this guy? I give up. He left him until an opportune time. He's watching. Beware of the opportune time. Is it when you're hungry? Is it when you're thirsty? Is it when you're tired? Is it right after church? Is it right after an argument? Is it right after injustice has been done to you? This is not fair. I deserve an opportune time for the devil. Might be your mornings, late nights, whatever it is for you. And it came to pass, verse 7, an opportune time for Joseph. It came to pass after these things. I read this already, but I want to read a few of these verses more than once. After these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused, good, good boy, Joseph, and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all he has to my hand. There is no one greater in the house than I. So get behind me, Satan. Recognize the temptation of sin, obviously. Recognize the timing of sin. Number two, recognize the temptation of sin. Recognize what sin for sin for what it is. Put that up there. Recognize the temptation. Sin is sexy, okay? I'm going to look at two, three seductive statements in verses 7 through 9. The first one. She cast longing eyes. The second one, she said, lie with me. The third one, there is no one greater in this house than I. Stay with me. Stay with me. And I want you to pause for a moment. We're going to go look at a, a book called 1 John. There is the book of John. But then there's also a book called 1 John, 2 John. And there's a book called Third John. We don't ever talk about them hardly at all. But I want you to go to this lesser known book of First John. Because I want to show you um, whenever you feel like sinning, this is the book to read. All right? It has some of the most powerful truth for us when tempted with sin. We're going to look at First John chapter 2, verse 15 through 16. We're not going to read the whole book. Okay, just two verses. Everybody staying with me? It says this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. I used to think, um, and people will think this, 
oh, that's why Christians are the way they are. They don't love the world. That's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about don't love people, don't love the worldly people. It's talking, that word world in there is the same word in another place as evil desire or sin. Okay, so put in there, do not love evil desires. That sound better? If anyone loves sin, love for God or the Father is not in him. Many of the many are confused these days. It seems that there are many gray areas of sin, right? Is this a sin? Mm, maybe. Is this a sin? Yeah, that one definitely is. Is this a sin? Mm, maybe, maybe not. Is this a sin? Nope, not anymore. This is not a sin. Is this? No. There are many areas. This clears it up for you. 1 John 2, 15 through 16. Remember this. It's interesting that all three of these statements that we looked at in Genesis 39 that we just looked at sin, the sexy statements, right? Lie with me, uh, cast longing eyes. There's no one greater than, in the house than I. They're covered here in 1 John 2, 4, 15 through 16. Let's look at verse 16. 1 John, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, remember that one, the lust of the eyes, and the, and the pride of life comes not from God, okay? They come not from the Father. They come from the world. They come from your sin, <laughs> your evil desires. All three of these statements, the lust of the eyes, put up this next slide, uh, are covered in Genesis 39. The lust of the eyes, she cast longing eyes on Joseph. Everybody say eyes. If, if you forget everything else I say today, Remember this, everybody looking. I want to see everybody's eyes, okay? Your eyes are what get you in the most trouble. So watch, be careful what your eyes see. I learned that as a little third, three-year-old in class. Be careful, little eyes, what you see, right? The father up above is looking down with anger. No, he's looking down with love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. The eyes are what get us in trouble. I sense the unction of the Holy Spirit on these words as I say them. In my spirit, I hear this right now. I feel this. I feel the power of God on these words. I'm not manipulating, but I feel them. The eyes are what get you in trouble. Do you hear me? They get me in trouble too. They get us all in trouble. The lust of the eyes. Okay. Forget everything else I said. Remember that. The lust of the flesh involves your heart. And she said, lie with me. It, it speaks of the heart. It speaks of action. First you see, then you act. And the pride of life. It's involving, pertaining to our minds. This is what I was talking about, Rachel. You could do a sermon on the mind here, right here. And the pride of life involving our mind. He said, no one in this house is greater than I. His pride was getting in the way just a bit. Now, he, it didn't get in the way all the way because he didn't do what he could have done. But if your mind gets in the way, it will cause you to sin, the pride of life. Let me illustrate it just by something very simple. All right, let's, we're, we're at Super Bowl day. You're going to have food today. Pizza is one of my favorite foods. All right, let's apply these three principles. You see pizza. 
It doesn't matter what your diet is. It doesn't matter what your thing is. It doesn't matter what your conviction is. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. I see pizza. I eat pizza. It involves your heart and your action. The pride of life, I eat pizza because I can do what I want to do. I see chocolate. I eat chocolate. Oh, Cynthia, oh, did you, I'm not supposed... I'm going to do what I want to do. She'll go to bed. I'll have some chocolate, right? I ate, I ate three of the, yeah, I talked about it again. Those chocolate things, they're so good. I ate three cupcakes between yesterday's uh, par party and, was it yesterday? I didn't have one this morning. I see, I eat, because I deserve drugs. I see drugs. I do drugs. Why? Because no one can tell me what I can and can't do. The fruit in the garden was the same way for Adam and Eve. It's the age-old problem. I see the fruit. I know God said, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. What does that mean? Does it mean to touch it? Does it mean to eat it? He said, don't touch it. What did Eve do? Or Adam was a part of it too. But Eve, she touched it. She ate it. <clears throat> candy, drugs, anything. Sin follows this progression. Be careful. It can be very subtle. I see, I do, because I deserve it. Jesus recognized, Joseph recognized the temptation of sin and called it for what it was. Look at verse 9 again, verse 9b. It says, how then can I? She said, lie with me. He said, how then can I? Do this great wickedness and sin against God. If we could remember this, when we're in the middle of sin, any kind of sin, gossip, um, that's one that I always hear a lot in church. You know, we shouldn't gossip, shouldn't lie, shouldn't steal, shouldn't talk bad about people. You see, if, if you realize that it's great wickedness, you won't do it. But you don't think, oh, this is, this is not that bad. Verse 10, so it was... As she spoke to Joseph day by day, say day by day, day by day, that he did not heed her, means he did not give attention to her, to lie with her, or to even be with her. He wouldn't even be around her. That's a good one for us today. If there's something that you shouldn't be around, if it's causing you to sin, I thought if I had my phone here, I would throw it and make a point. Ah, get away, get away from that. We don't need that in our lives. That's the way we should probably be. Get out, get out. I don't need it. If that was an iPhone 7, 8, 9, it would break, but they don't, these don't break anymore. They don't break. <laughs> they don't break. They're amazing. Don't even be with her. But it happened about this time, day by day, day by day, about this time, an opportune time, may I say, when Joseph went into the house to do his work, it just so happened that none of the men were there. Not a person was around. An opportune time. He was alone. Verse 12, and she caught him by his garment and said, lie with me. Third one, recognize the tenacity of sin. Recognize the timing, the temptation, the tenacity. Tenacity means persistence. Tenacity means uh, determined. 
Sin is determined, and sometimes it's your flesh, sometimes it's the devil, sometimes it's one of his evil spirits working through something you watched or some place you've been that attached to you. And I'm not going to get real weird here, but that could happen. And all of a sudden, you're like, how come I'm so tempted by sin and wanting to do it? I wonder why every day I feel like I want to get that out of your life, whatever that thing is that's causing because day by day, it'll come after you. Sin will mess you up, sometimes even without the enemy's help. But like I said, verse 11, but it happened about this time. It will attack, attack, attack. It doesn't give up. None of the men of the house was around. Sooner or later, you will be alone. Recognize the tenacity of sin. Many of you have heard uh, me talk about uh, my uh, run-in with the dumpster at my house, my uh, condo where we used to live in Hillsboro, Oregon, before we had kids. I want to talk about it for a minute because it kind of illustrates exactly these points that we've been looking at. It was an op, I, I don't want to go real deep into it, so I want to keep it really simple, so I'm going to kind of read a bit of it. It was an opportune time. I was tired. Cynthia had gone away to a women's retreat. How about that? I was alone. Things were going well in my life. Not unlike Joseph, I was in charge of many things. I had many teenagers that would be looking to me that week to be a person of integrity, a man of character. I went to take out the trash in our apartment complex. There was a dumpster where I took the trash in. And guess what was inside the dumpster? An entire, most people don't know what videotapes are anymore, but there was, we used to watch videotapes on our VCRs. And it was filled, I don't know how this, how you could even have this, Whose problem was this that threw these out? Like, what church did this guy go to that found... Uh, all right. A dumpster full of pornographic movies. Big pictures on them, too. A whole dumpster of them. In my day, in your day, some of, you couldn't just go to uh, that evil device to find pornographic things. Or you couldn't, you had, to, you had to go and find them. You would have to go and buy them. Um, I would never go and buy a pornographic movie, right? But there they were, a whole dumpster full of them in front of me. It was my Potiphar's wife moment. The lust of my eyes saw. The lust of my flesh, hmm, should I... No, should I do that? Oh, of course not. I should. The lust of my flesh took action. I grabbed one of those movies. I actually grabbed two or three of them. Start looking at them. Start looking at the picture. I'm like looking around. No one's watching. I go back into my house. Joseph went into the house, right? No one was there. The pride of life caused me to say this as I was going in. I deserve this. You know what? I've never... I could say this, I've never seen one of these before. And I want to look at this, and no one's gonna know. And I put out of my brain that God was watching, no one was watching, never 
had I looked at something like this. And then I went into the house. I heard something almost audibly, much like Genesis 39. And I think what helped me very much was that that week I would be going back to 200 teenagers at church to say to them, Jesus loves you. You need to stay pure. True love waits. All this kind of stuff, right? I think that was echoing in my mind too. And then I remembered, but I did remember this verse. Genesis 39, put it back up there, 39, 9b. How then can I, and I have that circled, do this great wickedness and sin against God? I recognize the temptation for what it was. And that's not, not to say that um, there have been times in my life that I've been, I've been completely perfect. No, but this particular moment, I, was, I did what I, I recognized the temptation for what it was and the, the and the, 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 the net, and the tenacity and even the seeming coincidence of the timing, all points one, two, and three. I recognized, and I went back to that dumpster, and I threw the video just away without looking. Now, you don't, don't give me a cheer. <laughs> that's what you should do, right? Of course, that's what we should do. I was thinking as I, I started covering up the videos, right? Because I didn't want some other poor guy to see that. So I'm covering up, and I was thinking, what if someone sees me? They're going to think, I, these are all mine, and I'm <laughs> covering these up, and it's going to be so embarrassing. So I'm doing it really fast, and I'm throwing, opening trash bags up and throwing it over. And anyways, Joseph did something similar. Verse 11, it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work. None of the men of the house were around. She caught him. Lie with me. But he left the garment, verse 12, this is the funniest part. He left the garment in her hand, and he fled. He, I don't know if it was his colorful coat, but this is certainly a colorful story. This is certainly a color that uh, happens in life. He recognized, uh, I want you to recognize this. And this is a pretty much done with this. Recognize the template to handle sin. Put up that one. I gotta look at the phone. What time is it? Now it's, it's still life. Recognize the template to handle sin. We're gonna go just a little bit over today because this is important. He fled. He fled. Come on up, uh, worship team. You can hurry, hurry me up here. But also to create kind of a mood, an atmosphere. I believe it's a worship atmosphere to 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 help our hearts to come to where they need to be. He fled. Many verses in the Bible echo this response. I'm going to shoot three of them at you, kind of machine gun them at you. You can write them down. You can write them down. Um, you can see, see them on the screen. 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. That's what you need to remember today. Pursue righteousness. 1 Corinthians 6.18. Flee from sexual immorality. By the way, every other sin is, it goes on, okay? James 4, 7. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will run from you. He will. You think he's so powerful. You think your flesh is so strong. You resist for a moment, and you ask the Holy Spirit to get into that moment, and it, it's gone. Just like that. But it's whether you want to accept that moment and say, Holy Spirit, be a part of this. It pertains to any sin that we deal with. And guess what? 
you have sinned, all have sinned. So when you sin, you run from it, recognize the, and then this last thing, recognize the tragedy of sin. Joseph ultimately knew that his uh, sin was going to keep him from God's purpose in his life. He had dreams. He didn't know what they meant yet. You know the Bible says, I have a plan for you, plan to prosper you, plan to give you a hope, plan to give you a future, plan, right? We know God has plans. You might not know all the details, but the tragedy of sin over and over and over again, especially sexual sin. Even if you don't give in to the sexual sin, the Bible says if you look upon a woman with lust, you're, that, that, that's a sin. Come on, Jesus. Give us a break. No. He's very, he, he says, watch your mind. What happens here is, is what's in your heart. So anyways, I'm saying... Um, this is, the, sin is what keeps people from their purpose. And that's what we're, uh, where sin will keep you from, your, from having character. Sin will keep you from the dreams God has for you. A wise preacher once said, God has put a purpose, put up this slide, God has put a purpose inside of every one of us. The only one who can stop them from coming to pass is you. And you could say it's, it's because of your sin. Would you hold up your, your communion? that, uh, can you grab me one of those two, Christian? Open it up. Kind of weird. One day we'll go back to the fancy communions that you grab out of the receptacle. Hold up the, the, uh, I did it wrong. Hold up the bread. Just open up the top part and you see the bread. It's got a, lot of per, a little perforation in it. I want you to break it. It's on purpose that it's perforated because some people will break this in their, their ceremony to remember that Jesus broke himself for us. And I like to remember, I break it, I break it into four pieces to remind me myself that I am broken too. The pride of life can sometimes say, I'm fine. No, I'm not fine. I'm broken. The thing is, God chooses to use me because I'm broken. He uses that in me for his glory. He uses your weakness for his glory. All of us have sinned. I don't know if your sin is pornography. I don't know if your sin is sexual addiction. I don't know if your sin is... Um, just lust in general. I don't know if your sin is lying. I don't know if your sin is stealing cars. <laughs> I don't know what your sin is, but we've all sinned, and Jesus broke his body to remind us that he's taking the punishment for our sin. So right now, we're going to say, instead of, Lord, forgive me. In fact, you can say that right now. Lord, would you forgive me of my sin? We're going to take this to remember something. We're going to take this to remember that Jesus has forgiven us. My mom used to ask me every time we had to do this, why are you doing this? And I would say, because I'm forgiven. Okay, then you can take it, right? So remember, we are forgiven. Go ahead, take your body. Lord, we thank you that you died on the cross for our sins. I'm, I'm more thankful as well that you raised from the dead and you're alive today. 
But while he was on the cross, he shed his blood for us. This part, sometimes you can get confused what the blood means. Let me explain it very easily. Blood is what gives us life, right? You get your life from your blood. Jesus let all of his life be poured out, dead, killed, so that when we need forgiveness of our sins, we say, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. You poured out your blood so that I can have life. So this is a cup of life. Would you take this right now and drink it? Jesus, we thank you for your life. Lord, I pray that we walk out of here not in our sin, not feeling condemned. John 3, 16, you love the world. But John 3, 17, you came to the world not to condemn us, but to give us life. Lord, I pray that everyone would remember that when they leave here. They are not condemned. They are forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just sing just the chorus of this. And let it sink in what Jesus has done for you.
to over communicate. That, that, that's why we're singing this song, the love, the love part. It doesn't negate the sin part. Back in the day, I've been to many summer camps where the preacher says, if you did this, I want you to stand to your feet. And he would go through different sins. Stand up if this is you. Get up to the front. How if you did this, get up here and stand. And um, that's actually a very effective <laughs> way, way to get kids to, to admit to things, right? We're not going to do that today. But could you just, just a little bit quieter? But it is serious. Sin is serious. And I do want to leave here with something changed in us. It doesn't happen in a prayer. It doesn't happen because many times I've been, I was at the altar as a kid. It helps get to the altar. I, I, I remember times where I would come to the altar at my church every Sunday night. Every single Sunday night because, because of something. That helps. I encourage you, don't take for granted God's grace and mercy as an excuse to sin. That's the age-old problem. Some churches or some religion, I don't know, some, church, some thought, thought ways people think as a church is um, just preach grace, 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 grace. And no one knows that sin is bad. Then some will preach sin, 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 sin. And then everyone leaves upset and, and uh, condemned. But there is a line between we, need, we must walk. You must. It is a dangerous, slippery slope. Men of God. I'm talking to men of God right now. It is a slippery slope to take for granted God's grace. I'm not here to tell you you're going to hell when you take for granted God's grace. But you better watch it if you're taking for granted God's grace. It's slippery, and where the slope goes is into hell. And you might find yourself there one day because you thought, well, God loves me, I can do what I want. It's not true, is it? Every man, I want you to look at me. You're a man, I want you to look at me. Not gonna, not gonna say anything, I'm just, right? We are going to walk in righteousness. We're gonna lead those around us in righteousness. Every woman of God, it is a dangerous slope to think that you're above God's punishment. It can happen. God punishes the, the, the wickedness that happens. He's the judge, he's a judge. Now let's remember when we leave here the reckless love of God, but also remember the seriousness of our sin. Watch what you look at. Watch what you think about. Guard your eyes. Guard your mind. What you're thinking about is sin. It's not thinking about maybe sinning. If you're thinking about it, it's already sin. <laughs> it is. And then guard your heart in a way that you uh, reveal your heart to others. Uh, there's no shadow uh, that God won't light up. He's going to light it up. 
It might be at an inopportune time for you. You say, oh, he'll never light it up. No one will ever know. He'll, he'll, he'll light it up, and maybe it'll be at the last day. <laughs> when you come before him, he's going to be like, you thought this was a secret? Light it up. Tell your wife. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your pastor. Tell your friend. Now, that's not always going to heal you, but the Bible says confess your sins to one another. You'll be healed. It does say that. You need help. And the thing is, you're afraid because you're afraid they're going to say, oh, my gosh, you sinned. I've never sinned. You should hear the things I hear from people. Everyone sinned. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.